Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In 1980, Stanley Kubrick released his classic horror film, The Shining. Over 30 years later, viewers are still struggling to understand the meaning hidden and understand its hidden meanings. Pardon me. Loved and hated in equal numbers, this film is considered uh, a genre standard by many loyalists, while others dismiss it as the lazy result of a legendary worker, a director working below his talent level. Yes, it well, and we want you to see Room 237 because you should decide that for yourself. It's a good film. You should see The Shining anyway, but certainly after you've seen The Shining or before, you've probably seen it a number of times, we need you to run out and see this documentary. It's called Room 237. It's directed by Rodney Asher, and it is a compendium of theories and and ideas about what The Shining actually means. And we're joined today by the director of Room 237, and that would be Rodney Asher. Welcome to Film School. Hey, thanks for having me. How's it going over there? Oh, it's going very well. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, as much as I ask this film, uh, this question quite often to filmmakers about uh, where the idea came from and, you know, how did this get started, but even more so with your film, because this is quite a fascinating subject it, to start with, but really... How did you come across this idea, and what prompted you to want to make it into a documentary? Well, I mean, I guess, you know, the inciting incident was when my friend Tim Kirk, who produced the film, just kind of out of the blue, posted, you know, this really deep mind-roasting, <laughs> symbolic analysis of, of The Shining on my Facebook wall one, one day. And before I had finished writing, reading it, you know, I knew that plumbing the depths of The Shining, you know, was a project that I wanted to jump into. And then, you know, for the next three years, the two of us were have barely been interested in anything other than exploring the secrets of The Shining. Well, what what was your opinion of The Shining before? I mean, it sounds like Tim was into it, but what was your opinion when you saw oh, The Shining? I always, I always loved The Shining. Okay. You know, and I always loved Stanley Kubrick, and his work always resonated to me at really kind of a personal level. I mean, besides the fact that, you know, I was really drawn to you know, the aesthetics of his movies. There's something about the attitude, you know, of, of his movies that I always, I don't know, I always just kind of really identified with, mm-hmm. you know, um, that, uh, and as serious and as heavy as a lot of them got, there was always also sort of a subversive sense of humor that, that I really appreciated. Um, you know, ever since, you know, I was frightened out of a screening of The Shining that I snuck into as a little kid, you know, it's a movie that I've revisited again and again and again yeah i i remember the just you know i remember the first time i saw the shining and it scared me but no more uh scared uh, in in term the most scary part of it was the tricycle riding down the hallway was the most it, it made the hair on the back of my neck stand up i didn't know what was coming but i knew something horrible was going to happen <laughs> And uh, well, it, that's one of those moments for me, cinematic moments that has I, I will remember the rest of my life. Was the first time I saw The Shining in that in that scene. 
Yeah, well, I mean, there's that, that scene in particular, you know, and I guess all of those sort of Steadicam shots that take you to the hotel, yeah. you know, are just sort of dragging you inexorably into this space that, you know, I know for, I, for one, didn't always want to be in, you know, but it wasn't as if you could dig your heels in and stop the momentum, you know, that right. so the, those camera moves are kind of frictionless the way they go. They glide in, yeah. and there's no hold that you can grab. It's a stop. Well, let, let's now. When you decide, oh, this is we've got to do something. These people are obviously people are very much into the interpretation of of The Shining. Uh, what was the selection process for you like? Sort of winnowing down the people that you focus on in Room Two Thirty Seven. Well, it's interesting. We kind of moved, you know, sort of slowly. You know, we would start with, you know, the first person I interviewed was Bill Blakemore, who talks about. Native American themes in the movie, and he was really important because you know he published an essay about you know about the movie back in 1987, um, and that was syndicated in newspapers. And for a lot of people, has always been seen as sort of a symbolic take, you know, on the Shining record. You know, then we moved to Jay Widener, who talks about subliminal techniques and allusions to the Apollo program, and I mean that one was being incredibly widely discussed when we were getting started, so that was a place we had to go. And what was nice about doing those two first is they kind of mapped out um, opposite poles, different approaches, radically different personalities. And then we'd find people who you know, brought something very new to the table, who used a different technique, who had a very different take on the movie. And what was important you know, about everybody that we talked to is that they were all folks who actually had I mean, it seemed like kind of a personal stake in it. One thing I was fascinated by and excited about was that people weren't, you know, kind of dry armchair theorists, you know, who saw it as just an intellectual exercise. Everybody was, everybody we spoke to was very personally invested in this, yeah. you know, and they brought a lot of their own, their own history and their own ideas to it, and. You know, they experienced what I experienced and what most people that, you know, I talked to about The Shining, and, and, and it sounds like this might apply to you as well, that we all seem to have this two-way relationship with the movie that, you know, we look at The Shining, The Shining looks at us, the movie changes when you see it from, when you see it at different stages of your life. Yeah. Um, um, you know, and that kind of personal relationship with the movie, um, you know, was... Also, really important, uh, an important thing you know that, that we wanted to talk about. Well, isn't it, isn't that the great thing about art in general? I mean, whether it be paintings or, or film, is that the interpretations change uh, as to your own level of experience and maturity and whatever it is, it's life circumstances. And that's certainly the case here. And you're right in the film, uh, a, a number of these uh, the people who are putting forward these theories talk very specifically about the the moment they saw the film or the time that they saw the movie when the when the lights went went back on and their reaction and so it, you the film is does a wonderful job room 237 does a wonderful job of internalizing for us the, uh, the reaction of the people who were were hearing talk about this film uh, and it really I think helps draw us all into their theories as well so um, let's let's talk just in. I, I don't know how much in detail you want to get about the specific theories, but I before you came. I prefer to be a little vague if oh, I can. Okay, okay. Your show, so okay. No, no, no. Well, I mean, just 
Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Um, well, I mean, there's there are a number there. The theories are historic in context, and there are some that are more psychological in 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 their in their uh, proposition. Um, did you have your own theory before you went into making this movie? Did you have an interpretation that you would want to share with us on the on the Shining beyond it being a a horror story about a man who eventually tries to kill his family. Is there something that you were thinking about? Not necessarily before I started, but in the process of it, you know, I continued to see, you know, I, you know, I started to see the shining differently and I continue to see it differently, you know, um, in, in a very concrete way. You know, I see it, you know, as a story about balancing your responsibilities to, you know, your ambition and your family. Um, you know, and it was an incredibly literal relationship while, you know, in the depth of the film when, you know, me working on the movie looked an awful lot like Jack working on his book. You know, I was alone. I, 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 I was alone in a big empty room near a staircase. Um, you know, typing away at a keyboard, <laughs> totally unsure if what I was doing, you know, was something that would be of interest to other human beings or if it was just, you know, repetitive gibberish <laughs> that wouldn't make any sense. Um, you know, and as I continue to, and, and, and now that, you know, I've been lucky enough that the movie's been getting out, you know, I kind of, you know, continue to see it as a cautionary tale, you know, and see, you know, maybe the idea of, you know, I don't know, different opportunities or people that come into orbit because of this thing, you know, are kind of like these, you know, tuxedo-clad ghosts, you know, who mm-hmm. it's awfully nice to see them, you know, but I, but I need to be sure, but, but I need to keep my priorities straight and not sell out, you know, all of my family and friends in order to please them. Well, that's, <laughs> excuse me, the, yeah. <laughs> now, you, you, uh, you made a decision to not, show the faces in, of any of the uh, people putting forward these theories. By the way, let me remind our listeners, we're speaking with the director of Room 237, Rodney Asher. The film comes out today in Los Angeles here on April 5th, 2013. Uh, but you did not show any of the people in the, um, of the, that, are, that are they're talking. Was, what was the decision uh, that went, in, what w- went into that decision? Well, I mean, that was a style that I began in a short film I did maybe a year, a year and a half before I started on Room 237, and that one was kind of an exploration of people who had childhood phobias of an old um, TV logo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, it did a lot of really interesting things besides sort of making the movie more like this dreamlike memory piece and maybe sort of showing that this isn't necessarily a story of three individuals, but each of them could represent thousands of others of people who are similarly affected. Um, because in some ways, this is a similar idea where we're talking about the way that, you know, people are um, getting their heads around a very troubling piece of media, you know, um, stepping it up <laughs> in, 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 to, to, to a larger scale on this one. Um, but it's also maybe... You know, there, there's you know, there's a couple other th- interesting things that it does. You know, I, I like to think you know we're not so much looking at these people talking as trying to look at the shining through their eyes. Yeah. You know, and that where you know that maybe like this movie is shot on location inside you know each of these people's heads, or <laughs> right. you know maybe you know there's like meta level. It's inside of my head, looking trying trying to imagine 
you know, what it's like get what 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 it's like to see the movie through their eyes. Yeah. Um you know, and I also come from more of a you know, sort of a remix music video background than a straight up documentary one. So, you know, it could be that, you know, for me the weird thing about this movie is not that it's an untraditional documentary, but that there's, you know, a document a documentary element in the movie at all. Um and that's something that me and Tim talked about, you know, that we also thought was interesting is, you know, if we don't, you know, depending you know, where we shoot these people, if one guy's got a very fancy office and somebody else is just in their backyard, that it might in some ways stack the decks for some viewers, you know, for one idea over, for, you know, versus for one person's theory over another. Yeah. And by stripping it down, which is what they say, you know, maybe this is more of a battle of ideas than of, you know, people. Right, right. Okay, uh, all right. I mean, that makes sense. Go ahead. <laughs> well, well, I mean, and, and then, you know, the last place I was going to go is that it, although at the end of the day, it was kind of something I did instinctually because I sort of liked it. And a lot of these ideas are things that, you know, I've sort of intellectualized after the fact. Uh-huh. So it might not necessarily be that <laughs> my idea of, you know, what the implication of that is, is any more valid than yours. And might make me dubious, uh, you know, might come to talk about how dubious, you know, the claim that a filmmaker, you know, is actually even able to explain definitively why anything is in their movie uh, at the end of the day at all. Yeah. Did 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 Kubrick ever expound on uh, on The Shining? Did he, did he, was he coy about it? Was there anything in sort of the research you did on it? that would give you some insight into what may have been behind The Shining? Not exactly. I mean, certainly he wasn't anyone who liked to talk a lot about symbols and themes within his movies. Mm-hmm. You know, though I hear he enjoyed people telling him what, you know, 2001 was supposed to be about. Um, you know, and I think, in fact, someone actually, when writing about 237, said that when he was asked, directly what The Shining was about. He said it's about a man who tries to kill his family. Yeah. But um, clearly he's working on a symbolic level and in different quotes, I, and I've come across really interesting quotes from him you know, to the effect that, um, you know, that the audience resents being told things straight out and that they love you know, puzzles and metaphors and allegories you know, and being able to figure things out on their own. And certainly there are themes that continue from movie to movie to movie, you know, not the least of which is sort of, you know, a kind of decadent, untrustworthy ruling class, you know, that begin at least as far back as Paths of Glory and continue, you know, all the way through to that's why Chet. Yeah, it, it's it. This is just uh, a film. Again, you have the uh, double bill. I think people uh, really see The Shining. We've all seen it. I mean, anyone listening to the show has seen The Shining. Um, uh, I, it happened to be on TV a couple of weeks ago. I don't know, opportune marketing or not, but uh, I, I watched it then, and then I've obviously watched this uh, your your documentary. It's just a, a wonderful kind of immersion into uh, not only a wonderful film, a very well-done film, but also the possibility of art and cinema. And I think that's the wonderful thing about Room 237 is it, it's, it's not a definitive work on it, it's and it opens up your eyes and your mind to the possibilities, and uh, that's what makes this such a fascinating and wonderful experience. 
Cool. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, Rodney Asher, the director of Room 237, it's playing today, opens today in Los Angeles at the Sunset, uh, the Sundance Sunset Cinema, also the Lemley Playhouse 7, and also here in, in Orange County at the um, Village Theaters in Costa Mesa. Really a pleasure. Uh, enjoyed the film tremendously, and all the best on this and all your, your future projects, Rodney Asher. Thank you. Oh, thanks so much. That was great. Thank you. Take care. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.